The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome to the Christine Epshirt Show here on KKNW AM 1150 in the Seattle area, Transformation Talk Radio around the world. Uh, if you're listening live, you're listening from somewhere around the world and, and maybe in the Seattle area. Hello to the beautiful day in Seattle. And if you're listening after the fact, you might be listening to the archives on ChristineUpshirt.com or one of the dozens of podcasts that ends up. But wherever, whenever, you're going to be grateful you joined us here today. And I want to say hello to the man who's the magician with the technology, our producer, Mr. Benny Mathers. Good morning, Benny. Hi there. So I guess my uh, residency as being a magician still is uh, holding strong contractually-wise. That's good. That's good. I appreciate that. Absolutely. And somehow you have the magic of, like, (laughs) connecting all these people from around the world into one place and kind of... You know, it's, it's like the proverbial megaphone to the world and, you know, blog talk, transformation talk radio, and, of course, over the airwaves on KKNW. So I truly appreciate what you do. Yeah, you're welcome. It's not a, no problem. Yeah, nothing yeah. I can do for you. Everything's here for you. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and who is that you're imitating, Benny? Nobody, just myself. I was just getting a little weird. I don't know. Okay. okay. No I, in particular. I like, I like weird. We're, we're good. We're good. Odd. <laughs> Odd weird. Yeah, we're all the same category. You know, I'm I'm grateful of our guest today because um, she is looking at something really important and taking kind of a different kind of perspective on it. Uh, and we're going to be talking today about her perspective on stress and anxiety. Today, our guest is Reverend Connie Habish, and she's a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's a yoga and meditation teacher. She's an interface minister, and she's the author of a book called Awakening from Anxiety, A Spiritual Guide to Living a More Calm, Confident, and Courageous Life. It's an interesting book that sort of lays out a roadmap of if you're experiencing anxiety, if you're experiencing stress, how you can shift it. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Reverend Connie Haddish. Hi, Connie. How are you? Hi, Christine. I'm great, and I'm delighted to be here. You know, um, I, I, I know that most people have a concept of what anxiety is. What's your definition? Well, I think anxiety is a pattern of worry and fear that's repeated in our thoughts and our perceptions and our beliefs. So we might have, you know, a worry that comes up from time to time or a fear that comes up from time to time, but when we're starting to see a pattern of that happening in our life, and it's affecting a lot of our day and a lot of the things that we do, then I see that more as anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, Connie, that um, just based on my own observation, just driving down the road in suburban Seattle, that I suspect there are a lot of more people who are experiencing stress and anxiety just by the very nature of the way they drive. Um, didn't, didn't used to have many tailgaters and people who were kind of obnoxious, you know, running red lights, and now it seems to be rampant. And I don't think it's just because of increased population. It feels like there's something else going on. From your perspective, is there something more global that is happening that is increasing the percentage of people who have anxiety? Yeah, I absolutely think that there is. And I think that Commute times do contribute to it. They certainly do here mm-hmm. in Silicon Valley where I live. But I think that there is there's something going on planetary-wise and spiritually that's really impacting us. So I know that we're all seeing things happen on the planet ecologically mm-hmm. that are really um, upping the ante in terms of feeling the pressure that we need to do something to change the way we 
we are living and the way that we're treating our planet. And so that is increasing anxiety. And then I think on a spiritual level, and I started to feel this come in, well, probably started to come in a number of years ago, but particularly around 2015, 2016, (laughs) the election, that I felt like um, our shadow, our the places in the side of ourselves that we didn't want to look at, we didn't want to face, that we may, you know, have thought were bad parts of ourselves or things we didn't want to deal with or uncomfortable things mm-hmm. were beginning to emerge and needing to come out to be seen in the light. And so I see us really deep in that process right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really anxiety-provoking. It's difficult to have to look at that, that stuff. So yeah. I think it, that, that we're all being affected by that. That makes sense. And I think in terms of, Facing our own personal shadow can be very painful, or at least it can be difficult for us to begin that process. But I think that that right now we are looking at the collective shadow, particularly here in the United States, that, you know, we had this perception that life is so good and we have this great government and things are balanced and fair, and now we're starting to get all sorts of corruption and dysfunction illuminated more clearly and and that's a, a big shadow to clear it's it's big and i think it's really weighing a lot on people i know it's affecting me and uh-huh. i'm having to use all of my practices all the time to keep in my center um but it is it is big and i think we're starting to see the the consequences of choices that collectively as a culture as a society we have made several decades now, um, maybe even hundreds of years, that are starting to show up the effects of that, the consequences of um, pursuing materialism, for example, is one level right. of that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right, Christine. It's, it's a lot to deal with, and um, we're living in a challenging time in that way, but also in a really transformative, um, powerful time for our awakening. Mm. Now, you say something that I find very fascinating. You say that those of us on our spiritual paths may, in fact, be more prone to stress and anxiety. Why is that? Well, there's a few reasons, and I think one of the first reasons is that we care, right? We are mm, yes. people on the spiritual path care very deeply. We care about the planet. We care about each other. We care about animals. Uh, we care about people that are suffering. And so I think that we are more affected. We, we take it in and we feel deeply the suffering that's going on. Um, so I think that's one level. And then there are a number of spiritual principles and spiritual practices that people do very sincerely, but sometimes might end up using them in a way that actually perpetuates their anxiety. And I talk about that, the six spiritual mistakes in my book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Um, so if uh, one of the things you talk about, too, is that there are, like many people on their spiritual paths, are empaths or highly sensitive people. Right. Um, what, what does that mean? Well, a, an empath is someone who can feel very easily the emotions of someone else or their experience. Um, and a highly sensitive person um, might be an empath, might also be very sensitive to, and empaths are also um, very sensitive to energy, so feeling mm-hmm. the energy in a room, feeling the energy around other people or the energy when you go to a bank or to a grocery store or a party, feeling the energy happening on the planet. Um, highly sensitive people also tend to have sensory sensitivities, such as um, Things that are too loud or too bright can be disturbing Mm -hmm. to them. For example, I consider myself an HSP, a highly sensitive person, um, and I really don't like going to movies anymore. I just, especially like action movies, if I'm going to watch an action movie at home, I can turn the sound down, but going to a theater, I I just leave feeling really, really, really disturbed. So I don't find it generally, I I saw Mary Poppins with my daughter in the the theater that was fine <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know like um you know sometimes it's just overwhelmed so i know that i need to manage my stimulation level to be able to help keep myself more in center and calm mm-hmm. 
And it's funny that you say that about movies because um, I've had that same experience. It's, it's not just the the loudness and the the intensity that we can't sort of back away from, you know, in terms of volume or step away into another room, but others in the audience are experiencing their emotional reaction to it. And if you're sensitive, you kind of pick up on that, which can exacerbate or accentuate our own response to it. Um, And so it's this complex, um, sensitive experience that can be pleasant if we're talking about something like Mary Poppins, but really unpleasant with thrillers and such. Yes, absolutely. And, and so I find that I not only pick up on the, all the other emotions in theater, but um, people who are empaths and highly sensitive people can easily put themselves right into the movie itself and oh, right yeah. into the, you know, whatever situation is playing out in uh-huh. the story. And I, I kid you not, when I, uh, this must have been, what, 25 years ago when Jurassic Park first came out? Sure. And, and I went and saw it in a movie theater, which was like a bad choice. <laughs> and I am, I am not kidding you. I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but for a few days, I was literally afraid that a T-Rex was going to burst through my window in my bedroom. <laughs> and I, would, I had a hard time sleeping. And I yeah, knew I, it was I mean, not it rational, funny, but, but I, was, not. I was re-experiencing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we have to go to a quick break, but when we return, I'm going to want you to talk about um, the the mistakes we make as well as sort of a, a, a navigational pathway to living more, a more calm, confident, and courageous life. Stay tuned for more here on The Christine Upchurch Show. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement. From old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there. But when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life. From your relationships to your health and well-being. From your career path to your abundance. From the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Do you sometimes feel overwhelmed by your mind? Powerless when it seems to spin in worry circles or bombard you with self-critical thoughts? Do you want to learn how to master your mind and feel more in control of your life? Listen to Dr. Friedemann's Empowerment Radio. Shift from confusion to clarity, self-doubt to confidence, and from anxiety to peace and balance. Dr. Friedemann and his many guest experts share the insights and tools you want to live with greater ease, joy, and purpose. Tune in to Empowerment Radio every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you, great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. 
first to be seen host, Sherry Clark, explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, HersToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. Welcome back to the Chris Snapchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. Benny, your little twisted, that's beautiful music from Jurassic Park. It is. I couldn't resist, but I did ask beforehand just yeah. to make sure I didn't want to, you know, hash up old, you know, issues. Yeah. And it's the music, thank God. No, just don't show me a velociraptor. Okay, I'll be good. Fine. Good, good. We're in the clear. We're in the clear. Well, it's interesting because music does affect, can affect us deeply. Yes. Um, and it, it can provoke, you know, m- memories from the past. It can provoke calmness. It can provoke um, irritation, you know, based on the memories. And, and so, yeah, but, but it, it is that's beautiful music. Is that John Williams? Who, who yeah. wrote yes. that? Yeah, uh-huh. did that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous. Okay, so... Before the break, Connie, you were talking about how those of us who are on our spiritual journeys uh, can tend to have more anxiety um, and be affected more by the stressors of life. And you say that there are several mistakes that spiritual people can make that can actually perpetuate anxiety. What are some of those things? Well, one of them, the first one that I list in the book is Probably our old friend, I know it is for me because I'm a Virgo, perfectionism. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. a, lot, a lot of times we're drawn to spiritual growth and personal growth because we're kind of perfectionists, you know, and we want uh-huh. to always be improving and always be getting better. Um, and then there's this sort of subtle violence about that toward ourselves, mm. that I'm not okay as I am. Um, I yeah. mean, it's never an end point. I'm never good enough. Um, and so we can continue to perpetuate our anxiety from always feeling like I've got to be better than this or I'm not good enough or I'm not meditating um, right. I'm not um, perfectly peaceful and calm all the time. I'm not as unconditionally loving as I could be. Mm -hmm. And I call it, um, well, one of the things that can happen is that we get the saint syndrome, which is is my uh, word for we think what we need to become some sort of saint on the spiritual path and, you know, be super calm and just talk. You know, that sounds so much like Trump. Talk, talk very relaxed and, and never be bothered by anything mm-hmm. and wear white robes and just glide down the road. And, you know, that's not, that's not what the spiritual path is about. That's right. But when we have this idea that we need to become that and look like some sort of spiritual master or act like that, um, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, and we might end up criticizing ourselves a lot when we feel we fall short of that. Mm-hmm. And that leads to self-judgment and non-acceptance of self, which, yeah, makes sense that it perpetuates that anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay, what's, what's another uh, mistake that those of us on a spiritual path make when dealing with anxiety? Well, it's one that we touched on when we were talking about the collective shadow and the individual shadow, which is light to light. I don't know if you remember that um, phrase uh, from the 80s back in the New Age movement, but I remember hearing a lot of people saying, oh, they're flight to lighters. They're people who just want to be filled with the light and go to the light and everything's mm-hmm. wonderful and nice and avoid everything in the, in the shadow, every, everything that we're not comfortable with. Right. And when we do the flight to light, pattern, um, we can tend to be really hard on ourselves when we're having unspiritual, quote-unquote, emotions like anger mm-hmm. or, um, you know, sadness. Maybe I'm supposed to be happy and blissful all the time. But right. we tend to judge those negative emotions, and then we get anxiety about having anxiety or anxiety about having anger. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, in my upcoming book, The Top 20 Myths About Spirituality, one of them is that certain emotions are spiritual, mm-hmm. and that that actually keeps us stuck. It, it encourages spiritual bypassing, so we right. don't deal with the underlying causes, and it, it doesn't allow us to get information from those so-called negative emotions that we feel that's an important part of, of information along our spiritual journey. Absolutely. And so when we're 
doing the flight to light kind of thing, I invite people to focus rather than chopping yourself up into pieces you like and pieces you don't, which is another mm-hmm. perfectionism thing, right? Yeah. These are the good pieces. This is the light side. Um, I focus on wholeness. Like, let's welcome it all in and embrace mm-hmm. it all, and that everything has a purpose and a message for us, including yes. quote-unquote negative emotions. And when we can embrace it all that way and work with it in a conscious way, um, it's actually very transformative and empowering and will support our spiritual growth. Yeah, and I love the message of wholeness and accepting all that is. It's, it's something that I think that within the New Age movement, we've done so much compartmentalization mm-hmm. um, and and the, the judgment that's really about self-judgment that, that mm-hmm. gets in the way. So I think that's a really important message, Connie. Okay, what what's something else that can perpetuate anxiety for those of us who are on our spiritual path? Well, one of my favorites, which always gets people's eyebrows lifted a bit in, in the New Age, New Thought community, is you create your reality. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of spiritual mistakes that happen around this whole idea of law of attraction. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've had many clients share with me this, um, what I call the law of anxiety, which is you have an anxious thought and then you get anxious about having the anxious thought because if I'm anxious, then I'm going to create that. And, oh, my God, I've got to stop being anxious and getting Mm -hmm. ourselves all kind of more and more anxious about every single thought we have. Okay. so, so I want I want to back up a little bit, Connie, because I want you to Explain go into that. a little bit more depth about um, what you're saying about the law of attraction, because I think it's an important point, and you um, expand upon this in your book. So, are you saying that we don't create our reality? Yes and no. Okay. So, there is a large capital R reality, which is the divine itself, which is infinite presence. It is unchanging. It is all that is, um, and it is our true essence. Mm -hmm. And then we have the lowercase r reality, which is our day-to-day experience, our emotions, our sensations, what's happening around us. And we have some participation, we have some co-creation in that. But we're not going to create everything. We're not going to create our weather today. And In fact, I think if, if we were in charge of the weather, we'd probably be in trouble because you know, I like sunny days, right? We might want to be uh-huh. avoiding rain, but we need rain, too, especially yes. up there in Seattle, right? You need a lot right. of rain because that's how the forests stay green. That's um, right. So there is certainly co-creation happening. And then what I believe and what my experience is is that we're not actually creating our reality. We're creating our experience of reality, mm. and we're creating our choices and our responses to what is happening around us. So we don't have control over everything. Um, and in fact, a lot of people, I think, fall into the practice of law of attraction. Law of attraction meaning your thoughts create your reality um, mm-hmm. and try to control their lives with it. Like I'm going to, you know, always manifest the perfect parking space and I'm going to create X amount of dollars and I'm going to make the perfect right. partner and I'm going to create everything to be exactly the way we want it to be. But right. then things happen that are not in our control or didn't turn out the way that we wanted them to. And then we can fall into the opposite of, like, blaming ourselves and attacking ourselves and shame. Like, what did I do wrong? Um, is there something wrong with me? I'm not practicing this right. I'm a failure. Right. Um, and that's not helpful either. So yeah. I look at everything that arises as an opportunity for me to learn and grow from and that I can create my response to that. I can create my perception of that and my belief about that. And yeah. we're doing that all the time unconsciously. You know, if, if there's traffic up ahead, we're like, oh, no, this sucks, I'm going to be late. But we could also look at it as, okay, there's traffic here, and maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe um, I need to slow down and be more present. Maybe there's an accident up ahead that if I were moving along faster, I would have been involved in. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, and just dropping into, well, what's the opportunity right here, right now? Okay, I'm going to be in the car longer. Maybe I can listen to Christine Upchurch mm-hmm. and her podcast. Right. You know? um, and I have time to do that. So um, a lot of how we create our reality is we're creating our experience of reality by our beliefs and our perceptions and responses. So I want you to just go one step further. Do you think that as we shift or create our, our response, 
response to our reality that that in fact can have a positive impact on our actual reality? Yes, absolutely. And I think the reason why is not a woo-woo reason. (laughs) Um, That if we, for example, choose to respond with, um, I'm looking forward to whatever arises in my day today, and I'm going to respond to it as best as I can, um, and I'm going to see everything as a learning opportunity, then when or as a gift, as as something that's brought to me for a reason, then whenever I approach something, I'm coming from that mindset, I'm going to see it in more more of a positive light. I'm going to be less resistant. I'm going to be less fearful. I'm going to be more engaged. I might be more present. And I might be more hopeful and more happy about going about my day that way. There's nothing super magical about that. It's, It's that we're changing our whole perception and attitude from within, and therefore that's the way we tend to see things and color things. It's like we're, we're putting on a certain kind of colored glasses, um, uh-huh. not out of delusion, but out of being willing to be present and see it and embrace it and work with it. Yeah, and then we bring that to our relationship with the world in a variety of ways. And, uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. We have to go to another quick break, but when we return, we're going to learn more about uh, some of the things that can perpetuate anxiety for those on their spiritual journey and also learn some great tips for how we can get ourselves off that hamster wheel. Stay tuned for more with Reverend Connie Habish here in just a few moments. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. What does the word healing mean? Many think that healing merely means eliminating symptoms. However, based on my many years as a healer, I have a much broader perspective on the word. Healing can manifest in a variety of ways, including having physical problems resolved, becoming more emotionally centered, experiencing better relationships, gaining greater clarity, and feeling more spiritually connected. True healing always includes some level of transformation. Whatever form healing takes, there is one commonality, an improvement in quality of life. To me, the highest form of healing goes beyond aligning with wellness. It comes from recognizing our soul's voice and allowing it to speak through us. And in that sense, Don't we all yearn to heal into our wholeness? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Calling all moms. It's time to awaken your vibrant, intuitive, loving self in every area of your life. Join host Debbie Pokornik as she shares thoughts, stories, and tools to help you stand in your power. Listen to Vibrant Powerful Moms Helping Everyday Women Create Extraordinary Lives, Mondays at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. For more information about Debbie, visit EmpoweringEnergy.com. That's Empowering with letters N-R-G.com. Right now, ask yourself, how far are you from your dream? Are you closer today than yesterday? Entrepreneur and personal coach Deborah Rothschild brings the wit and wisdom to transform you into a new dynamic you. Tune in to the Deborah Rothschild Show, developing a dynamic you. To learn more about Deborah, visit thedebrashow.com. That's the D E B R A show.com. Tune in live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on transformationtalkradio.com. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. The Vibration of Change that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. 
Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. I'm talking today to the author of Awakening from Anxiety, a spiritual guide to living a more calm, confident, and courageous life. It's Reverend Connie L. Habish. And Connie, um, you gave us three ways in which those on, on their spiritual journeys can kind of perpetuate the anxiety loop. Are there some other ways in which we do that? Yes. Definitely. So one of them we also were touching on a little bit earlier, feeling the pain of the world. Mm. So I, I think sometimes spiritual people might believe that it's, it's more compassionate to feel what their suffering is, to kind of uh-huh. take it on and feel it for them or feel it so maybe they don't have to feel as much Um but what ends up happening is that we end up running our nervous system through those very same emotions and causing a lot of stress and anxiety from feeling the sorrow or the fear or um, the devastation, for example, of what's happened with the hurricane recently sure. um, or the rainforest fires. And, and then we're actually less able to respond in a helpful way. You know, it's, it's, I talk about um, first responders. You know, I don't know if anyone listening has ever been a first responder, but if you're a first responder to a disaster, you cannot afford to take on all of the feelings of the people and the animals and everything that are suffering. You wouldn't be able to function. You know, you don't want right. you're being rescued from, you know, an earthquake or something, and, and the re- responders coming in are like, oh, you know, falling apart, crying. You're like, what? I need your help, not, you know, for you to fall apart on me. So, um, and, and then it upsets our nervous system, and we can't be as helpful or respond really with the compassion that we want to. And when we're truly compassionate, we can be really centered and grounded and meet the energy mindfully and then figure out what's an, an action that we can take that can be supportive of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talk in my book about having a good energetic boundary so that you can still feel what's going on out there, but that you're not... It's not being soaked into like a sponge. Right. And that's a more right. healthy way to respond to the stresses of life or to disasters, for that matter. So let me ask you this question. Um, I, I, I get about not perpetuating anxiety or increasing our anxiety by, like, putting ourselves into the, the, the situation on a uh, sort of like on an um, emotional level. Um, but do you think that sometimes we need to grieve some of the grief that we feel about it without, like, getting in, into the anxiety piece of it? Absolutely. So what my approach is is to be present and then notice what we're feeling and feel it in our bodies. Um, and that, through the bodily sensations of the emotion, we're able to process through things like grief rather than it kind of sitting and ruminating and in our thoughts. So a lot of times people come to me, they want to get over their anxiety or whatever it is, uh-huh. and I tell them, okay, I, I want you to feel your anxiety more. And they say, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you're telling me to feel my anxiety more? Well, I don't, um, I don't want that. I want it to go away. That's what I came to you before for. Right. But what people often are doing instead of actually feeling their anxiety is they're thinking their anxiety. They this is are, a really interesting point. Yes, I want you to, to expand upon this. Yeah, so a lot of times we believe we're feeling an emotion, but we're actually thinking an emotion. So okay. we might be say we're feeling fear, and mm-hmm. our thoughts are, oh, my God, I'm so scared. I can't, I can't handle this. What if they come back again? And, and, and that would be too much for me to handle. And, and all of these kinds of thoughts keep re-perpetuating the fear, keep rebuilding it and exacerbating it. And, the, and that we're not going to really get through an emotion by doing that. It's mm-hmm. going to keep building in us or showing up again and again. But when we can turn the sound down a bit on our thoughts, I know it's really hard to make our minds completely silent, but uh-huh. turn our attention away from the thinking and to what we're feeling in the physical body. So, okay, if I'm feeling fear in my body, my, 
stomach might be in a knot, or I might be clenching my jaw, or my hands might be trembling, or my breath might be short. And really staying with those sensations in the body, they, they move through us like a wave. The waves, if you've ever been to the beach, you probably have, um, they have this period where you start to see a swell, and then it's building, and it's getting bigger, and then it starts to crest, and it curls over, and it tumbles into the shore, right? Mm-hmm. Emotions have a similar kind of um, lifespan, <laughs> and, right. and if we can learn to stay with them in a very mindful way, and I talk about that approach throughout my book, then the emotion can move through, and then what usually shows up afterwards, and I've seen this happen with anger and with fear or depression, is there's, there's clarity. We get to see, oh, okay, now I, I understand my situation better. That mm-hmm. usually arises and, and usually more calm, more inner peace. So um, you're talking about feeling the anxiety or the stress in your body. So what does this have to do with um, our nervous system? So when we're feeling anxiety in particular, anxiety stimulates the sympathetic nervous system in the body. The sympathetic nervous system, um, you think of S for stress. That's Mm -hmm. what gets our adrenaline going. That's what kicks us into fight, flight, freeze, or faint. Um, And so the body starts to feel very amped up and agitated, and it can be more reactive to things, um, and that when we keep re-perpetuating the anxiety through our thoughts, through our ruminations, our obsessions, or through going back over things, or through projecting into the future with our thoughts, fearful scenarios, we keep re-stimulating and overstimulating the sympathetic nervous system, and this is what can lead to you know, feeling agitated all the time, um, exaggerated startle response. Um, exhaustion, it can lead to chronic fatigue, it can lead to what some people call adrenal fatigue, uh-huh. um, we can have a number of other symptoms with that. And when we can learn to be with the sensations in the body, to what I call presence, which is a mindfulness practice and, and other techniques, and we move through that emotion and let it wash through us, then the body starts to become restored into the parasympathetic nervous system. That's a P for peace, um, uh-huh. which, is, which is our rest and digest state. Um, and that's what we want to shift ourselves back into consciously. And other things like yoga and meditation, we know help with that. But if we can also learn to work with the emotions this way, it will really make a dif- big difference in being able to return us to calm. And so if we get stuck... Um activating the sympathetic nervous system beyond the, the immediate kind of agitation, are there long-term health um, uh, risks associated with it? Absolutely. Yes. I mean, there can be, you know, on, on a, a lower level, there can be chronic tension in the body. Um, there can be, you know, difficulty sleeping. There can be, and then it can progress into other things like stomach upset, digestive system upset, um, acid reflux, that's something that I've dealt with over the years when uh-huh. I have my anxiety flare up and I need to use all of my techniques to calm it down. Um, it can lower our immune system responses, and so we can be more susceptible to getting ill. Um, so there's just a lot of different ways that it can affect us in the nervous system and physiologically that um, be much better to to work with the emotions in, in this way and move through that so that we can experience more well-being on all levels. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that there are a lot of people who resist actually feeling their emotions. What's that resistance about? Well, sometimes the resistance is, in fact, I think most of the time, it's our inner protector. It's a part of ourselves that's saying, oh, this doesn't feel safe to feel this. Mm-hmm. I don't think we want you to feel this. We're going to try to keep you from feeling this. It's our defense mechanisms, and we all have them. Uh Um, And so the way I work with that is is actually really similar to the way I work with the emotions itself. Okay, let's welcome in the protector. Let's welcome in the resistance. What does it feel like in the body? What are the sensations of that? Well, maybe I'm, you know, I'm tensing up my shoulders, or I feel like a hardness all over my body, or 
Um, you know, I'm, I'm just not inhaling. And then staying with that and breathing with that, and then the next step past feeling your anxiety, which is the chapter in my book, or feeling the resistance would be then listening to the anxiety or listening to the resistance. So understanding why does that inner protector not want you to go there? What does it need in order to feel safer about feeling that emotion? Um, what can be helpful to let the protector support you in feeling the emotion but still feel like it has a job and it's doing its job by keeping you safe in other ways? Like, okay, protector, keep an eye on, you know, if there's anything in my environment that looks dangerous, and I'll focus on feeling my feeling right now. Sometimes the protector is mm-hmm. happy to have a job right. and to let you start to soften into your experience. That makes perfect sense. Uh, we have to go to another quick break, but stay tuned to learn more about awakening from anxiety. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join Angie Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information or to listen to past shows, visit AngieCorbettKuyper.com. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. I'm Christy Nupchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. As a former research statistician, my scientific background is what many would call sensible. For more than a decade now, I have been working in the field of energy medicine, facilitating sessions and teaching around the world. People from the mainstream often ask me, how did a sensible woman like you end up working in such an alternative field? Implicit in their question is the underlying assumption that the field of subtle energy, such as energy healing and intuition, isn't sensible. But I believe it is very sensible. Even scientists are able to measure aspects of this. Approaching life from an energetic perspective brings us new opportunity for healing and transformation. And from a practical standpoint, even if you can't rationally explain how something works, if you experience a shift from it, then doesn't it make it pretty sensible? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKW and Transformation Talk Radio. I love the fact that, Benny, you listen to the conversation and you love to put in bumper music that relates to the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let, let's get that easy feeling. That sounds great. You know, let yeah, go of that anxiety. Absolutely. You want to get away from the anxiety, bring on the peace, and just move through your day. Yeah. You know, Connie, um, I'm really enjoying our conversation, and I love your book, and and I'm loving what you're teaching here. But before this hour ends, I want to make sure our listeners know how they can connect with you and what it is you offer. Well, they can connect with me on my website, Awakening Self. That's S as in Sam, E, L, F as in Frank, awakeningself.com. Or my Facebook page is also Facebook slash Awakening Self. 
And on my website, awakeningself.com, uh, you'll see right away this, um, the first slide that comes up is about my book. And mm-hmm. you can click on that, and I have a free anxiety assessment on there that people can take, and you'll receive a calming practice to do. And you'll also be signed up for um, my upcoming free online class that I usually have about once every month or six weeks or so. So you can do that on awakeningself.com. And I offer, um, in addition to my counseling practice here in Redwood City, California, I offer online sessions for people in the state of California counseling. And then I also have an online course that's coming out in January based on this book, Awakening from Anxiety, that people can really dig in with me um, and a supportive group to these practices and make a difference in their lives. And, and I also have workshops and retreats here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I want to emphasize, I've, I mean, I've done a whole lot of inner work. I've been in therapy multiple times for many years. I've done a lot of, um, sort of psycho-spiritual inner work. And, <laughs> um, and And what you offer in this book is really important. If you know somebody who is experiencing anxiety, it's you yourself experience anxiety or feel like you're more sensitive to the stressors of the world right now, um, I'd encourage you to get this book, Awakening from Anxiety. Okay, so before this hour is done, I want to make sure, Connie, that we talk a little bit more about some of the practices or approaches people can take to get off that, um, you know, anxious pattern, to get out of that anxious pattern. Well, the number one practice, is present. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, was taught to me by a teacher named Leonard Jacobson, and it's, it's like a mindfulness practice. So usually when we're feeling anxiety or stressed out or worried or overwhelmed, we're not in the present moment. As I've mm-hmm. talked about earlier, we're in our thoughts. We're thinking about things that happened before that could happen again. We're worried about the future um, or you know, worried about something going on in our body and we don't know what it is and we're imagining what it could be. And all of that is not present. <laughs> so mm. I define presence as being aware and attentive or bringing our awareness and attention into the present moment as it is, meaning mm. not judging, evaluating, comparing, as it is, with an open heart and a quiet mind. Uh-huh. And as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's hard to have a completely silent mind. But we mm-hmm. try to turn the volume down on the thought and shift our attention with letting our heart be open, which means we're receptive to what is. We're, we're open. And bring our attention, which is how we focus our awareness. Our awareness is we're becoming aware of what is happening, and our attention is right here on the here and now. So that might be, okay, I'm sitting here. In my home office, um, I'm faced towards the window. My knees are in the sun, and my cat is on my lap. Mm. And I'm feeling the warmth of that. And I'm aware of my breath and maybe deepening my breath. And we're just checking in with what is happening in the here and now through our senses. Because our senses, first of all, will help take us out of our mind uh-huh. and take it, us into what I'm experiencing. I'm feeling the carpet underneath my feet. And... Senses, our sensory experiences can be in themselves very soothing and calming. So like petting a cat, right? I'm uh-huh. doing that right now. We, we all know, many of us know that have pets, that petting them is very soothing and calming. And in fact, studies have shown that. And that's a sensory experience. Right. So the presence practice helps bring us into this moment and into what we're actually experiencing rather than all of our thoughts coloring our experience. Right, right. Okay, so we've got lots of thoughts, and I know that you're, you're saying the sensory experience can help us kind of step out of that. That, that presence can help um, kind of get us of the mind. Um, can the mind serve us through this process? Absolutely. So our mind... As you use the appropriate word there, can be our servant rather than our master. Mm. We want our mind to be assisting us in, okay, let's remember to be present. 
um, assisting us in directing our attention where we want it to be, rather than it being the master taking us off on a wild ride in some other direction with all kinds of thoughts that are perpetuating the very experiences we won't, don't want to have. Right. Um, and I want to I want to share actually my favorite presence practice, and it's okay. one that I do almost every day. Um, although, of course, depending on the weather. It's something that I do outdoors, and it was taught to me by a man named John Young. He's the author of a book called What the Robin Knows, um, and he teaches deep nature connection practices, and this is called Sit Spot. And you simply go outdoors somewhere, and maybe if you're in an apartment, maybe you have a balcony you could sit on or go to a public park, um, or if you have a garden or a yard, I sit in the front yard, and I just sit there being present with everything that I'm noticing. What am I hearing? the sounds of birds close by, or maybe I'm hearing a hawk call far off in the distance. Um, maybe I'm smelling fresh-cut grass. Um, I'm feeling the air blowing. Maybe there's a breeze blowing by, or I'm touching um, you know, a leaf with my fingers. And really immersing in that for 10 to 20 minutes, but if you, have, you don't have that much time, take a couple minutes. It's very, very calming for me, and it helps me feel more connected to the planet. And mm-hmm. nature is so important for our well-being. I'm sure you've probably heard about studies for, with forest bathing, ecotherapy, which is one of the modalities I work with, really helps calm people. So being out there, connecting to nature, helps us feel more like we're at home on the planet, that we belong mm-hmm. here. And when we feel connected and that we belong, we're going to feel less anxious. Yeah. And that means that we're going to be able to share our gifts more fully, too, doesn't it? Exactly. And don't we all want to be able to do that or to discover our gifts if we haven't discovered them? Yeah. Um, Thank you again, Connie, for joining us here today. Uh, Connie's website is awakeningself.com, and uh, I'm really grateful for your, um, your presence here today, Connie. Thank you. It was wonderful being with you, Christine, and thanks, Benny, for all of your behind-the-scenes work and those great songs. (laughs) And I want to thank you for joining us here today. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.